You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello, guys. Hello, and today we're back covering Umbrella Academy, episode two, titled Run, Boy, Run. And, and he was running. That was, he was running through time and space. So shout out to number five out here doing his thing. <laughs> Also, like any other teenager, he don't listen. So, (laughs) what? And we'll get into why not listening gets you caught up. Shout out to my child, Destiny. Hopefully, one day you listen to this podcast and hear your mother saying the same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, Ryan, tell me your thoughts on this episode. I thought this was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I thought your boy Klaus was the like the show stealer. Him and number five was killing it. Yes, always Klaus, always. Yeah, yeah. How about you? But yeah, I I didn't have too much too many thoughts on this. I thought it was pretty good because they had kind of set up. They still kind of setting up mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, they introduced two new characters on this episode, so we got a chance to see Cha Cha and Hazel. Um, Cha Cha is played by the legendary Mary J. Blige. In a role oh, yeah. that we've never seen her like this before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we've never seen her like a sci-fi assassin type show. So I was really intrigued when I found out she was cast for this show. Mm-hmm. And knowing that she was just like Mary J or Cha-Cha the Badass, I was with it. Like, I didn't even <laughs> see Mary after a while. Um, and then, of course, Hazel is played by Cameron Bright, who is also a fan favorite on another show that we talked about, Mindhunter. Um, yeah, he played I was Ed ask Kemper. you about that, yeah. Yep, yep. He played Ed Kemper, the really tall serial killer. So we got, you know, now he's an assassin in another show. So, you know, <laughs> Cameron's making sure he's part of the Netflix family. <laughs> he's right, like, right. This, this contract is serious with Netflix. Fro show. So yeah, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. And like you, the standouts for me this episode were most certainly Klaus. Um, number five, like Klaus and five are my favorites. Like their, mm. their characters are just so like, they're the not normal ones. You know, they're the one off. Right. Right. But you just relate to them so much. And then I will say, um, Ben was looking fine. And that's, uh, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Shout out to Justin Min. Um, yeah. Shout out. Man, I wish he wasn't like dead though. Like I wish. Right. You know, like because it's so funny and it's like i want to i want him to actually be there so we know i don't know it's just like i thought they had a cool scene too him and klaus yeah and he got jokes too like ben has jokes so for real i was like can he not be alive like in the family like i want to see more of these jokes right like interacting with other people outside of klaus who can only see him because he's dead so right all right well let's get into it so 
I'm kind of going back to now that we are getting into the series. And even though this episode was also still kind of setting up, um, it was uh, it wasn't really about just the characters themselves. So I'm going back to the similar format that we did with power and we did power bites, but I'm calling these little bites raindrops. So, that's, <laughs> so I keep myself organized. <laughs> I, see, I just love these shows. So I can figure out what you're going to call the outline. I think I it should. Like the come up with. Should I do that going forward for all of our um, oh, shows? Definitely, that's definitely your new thing now. So you're in trouble. So I want to see something cool, like every time the outline comes out. Gosh, now I got to get creative. Okay, well for now, <laughs> raindrop. So our first raindrop drop top. Um, I titled five um five travels like gulliver's travels five travels um unlike gulliver yeah unlike gulliver gulliver the titular character that traveled around the world to all these different lands um i wouldn't call it time travel but he was definitely in places that were not earthly i should say but anywho's so Mm -hmm. we start off with a scene of mother who is like their we learn is a robot, but has been raising these kids um, since they were born. So she rings the bell and all the kids come into the dining room. They dutifully stand in front of their chairs and they wait for Reggie. Cause I'm not calling him Reginald no more. His name is Reggie uh, for Reggie to walk in <laughs> for Reg to walk in. And he tells them, okay, you now may sit. So the kids sit down. And you can see all their personalities. You know, Ben's kind of quiet reading a book. Um, Klaus is starting early and rolling up, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Klaus is Klaus. Allison and Luther are kind of, like, looking at each other. Diego's kind of doing his own thing. Vanya's just being her quiet self. And Five is kind of the teenager that we recognize the most because he's the only one that's retained his youth, essentially. Um, in the present day so they're apparently they're not allowed to talk during dinner so very old school and five like and also can mm -hmm. we talk about this boring record that was in the background of that oh it was like it was like mountaineering or something like that it was weird like I was like what are they listening to child it was white noise to me I could barely hear that (laughs) (laughs) I was like what kind of like they could put on some jams so I was like what kind of stuff is that like I don't know it was just so it was very Reggie I guess very Reggie very regular very Reggie um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so five takes this knife and he puts it down on the table he stabs the table and he's just like i know we're not supposed to talk but i'm ready and reginald's like come on like what What are you talking about he's like i'm ready to time travel so reggie is very adamant that five isn't ready for this and he compares time travel to going through ice and coming out as an acorn so we don't really know what he means by that, but five is yeah. adamant that he's ready because he can go, he space jumps. So he'll go from one side of the room to the other, but that's completely different than time travel itself. So Reginald's like, no, you're not ready. And Vanya, you can see, and she's probably one of the closer people to him in the house, looks over and like silently, silently tells him to stop. And he's like, bump this. I'm out. I'm ready. And of course, Reggie's like, wait, where are you going, Five? You weren't dismissed from the table. So this <laughs> next scene was pretty cool. And you see him time jump. So it's like he's jumping through the seasons. And he's like just walking. It's almost like he's walking through a hole. And it's like, zoom, zoom, 
Zoom. Right, right. Until he get himself caught up and he finds himself <laughs> in this post-apocalyptic world. And he's like looking around and clearly he's still in New York. So he runs back to the house and it's in ruins, in shambles, burnt up. He just, he don't know what he got himself caught up in. Like, this is what happens when you don't listen. Yeah, that's the strangest thing. Yeah. And just imagine like, just, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to imagine a feeling like being that age mm-hmm. and you just are messing up for real. Like, there's not listening to your parents, but there's not listening to your parents where you have superpowers and then you can't reverse right. it. Man, I just like, I can't imagine that feeling of like, he was just killing it. Like you said, it was like a cool, mm-hmm. the way they shot it. He was just going through like each one all of a sudden. Oops, I can't go back. <laughs> and I, oop. Yep, that's what happened. Should have listened. You're gonna learn today. And unfortunately, <laughs> he taught he I guess he jumped so far that or he like basically stretched limitations of his powers, he could not get himself back. Like he was trying to like try to like like almost like looper, like zoom himself back. He couldn't do it. So he's stuck. Who knows where he is in the future? In front of his his home, burnt to crisp, and He's a 13-year-old kid out on his own in this and right. he, in his mind he's probably the last person on earth. So mm-hmm. he falls to his knees in defeat in front of the house. And he's basically this flashback is a retelling of what happened. He's actually telling this all to Vanya. Um and Vanya questions like why didn't you come back? You know, why are you still a teenager? She's starting to like she almost doesn't believe him. So he gets upset and he's like, "You know what? I'm leaving. Like you're too young, you're too naive. You don't get this." And she's like, "No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I just need this is a lot to take in. I'm just going to go to bed." you know, to stay here tonight. We'll talk about it in the morning. So she goes to her room and she takes medication. One would assume. What is she taking? Right. Though? I was, yeah, I was curious. What she One was would assume the way that Vanya is so nervous and she was kind of an outcast her whole life. And she's kind of like antisocial that might be, maybe it's antidepressants or anxiety medication or a mood stabilizer or something. We don't know what her medication is, but you know when someone does, when you see a shot of someone taking medication, it's for a reason, right? Like, obviously this, this right, right, like something, something going on. Right, this tells her something. So she's taking her medication, and then meanwhile, five is on the couch, and he opens up this little, um, you know, this little cloth, and inside is a looks like a glass eye, and on the back there's an address or a name. And so he decides to dip. <laughs> and I was like, all right, young man. That's how we do it. I was like, he could have said bye or something. I mean, he had to be like Rudeness. So <laughs> our next raindrop I titled Assassins, which is the introduction of Hazel and Cha-Cha. Um, yes. Yeah, and Cha-Cha. I'm telling you, they look good. They look crisp. For real. You know what? Like yeah. Mary J with that clean cut bob though, and that tailored suit, men in black ain't got nothing on them. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Right. I was like, if they would have did like they should have did a sequel to like I don't know what you call it because you can't call it men in black, but they they should definitely do like a sequel or something. I'm just saying because Wilson was like, I make this look good. Mary J Blige could say the same thing, and you know. Yeah, you know what? and Cameron. Well, technically, Hazel and Cha Cha. Hazel was looking good too. He was looking clean too. So, 
Yeah, he wasn't bad. I mean, he was eating a lot where he was wasting stuff <laughs> on the soup, but... He was pretty clean. So they basically show up to this hotel, this <laughs> motel, I should say. So there's like these well-dressed people. Clearly, they're about their business. And there's, there's this rundown motel at the edge of the city. Um, and, excuse me, Cha-Cha steps in. And she's like, reservations for Hazel and Cha-Cha. Well, apparently... The bureaucracy or whoever sent them is going through some budget cuts because they can only afford one room. Right. It's like broke down 007 or something up here. I'm like, what's what's happening? So, of course, (laughs) this bothers Hazel. Like, Chacha don't care. Like, whatever. Do we have two beds? All right. Bye. I have a package. Thank you. Let's go. So... She's setting up right. and Hazel's just kind of moping around. She's like, all right, come on. Just tell me. I know it's burning you up. And he's like, the room smells. It smells like cat piss. Um, they couldn't even give us a room. Our per diem was cut. Our benefits sucked. They cut our dental. Like these, these are uh, killers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like this is the worst assassin agency to work for ever. Like I don't know what is happening right, right. now. Like, like these are stone cold blooded killers and they're out here complaining about their dental benefits getting cut like <laughs> yeah you gotta have that dental though you do I'm gotta have saying, that right you know what though. i need to schedule an appointment now that i think about it so thank you <laughs> see, see, you gotta have a dental. So, um, so you know, they start unpacking. So she opens up the box that was obviously sent to them. Um, um let's call them the bureau because I don't quite know the name. Just it's not been revealed the name of this agency. So they open up the box from the bureau, and right. there's like guns, there's like masks, everything they need to take down their target. Um, and then they have this this suitcase and of course hazel complains like oh it's hurting my wrist why do i have to carry this around so he, he puts it in a vent in the hotel room or the motel room and chacha's like no it's protocol we have to keep it with us at all times we don't even know what this box does but apparently they have to keep it with them and he's like We're, we don't need it while we do our mission like who's who cares you know who cares about the bureau T- tell them to carry it so there's something amiss with this this case. Um, so we'll learn about that later on in the series. Um, so after this, they actually pull out a picture of their target. And they say, you know, we've never targeted or we've never gone after our own. And we see an older man. And they start to track. Because apparently this man had a tracker on him. They start to track where he is. And it's right outside Gritty's Donuts, the same exact place that Five was at. And if you recall from the first episode, he cut out his tracker. So they're tracking this older man when in reality, they should be looking for a 13-year-old boy. So interesting choice there. Right. Very clever. clever. Very clever number five. So we are introduced to Detective Yodora Patch, um, who quite... She's dope, I right? I love her. I feel like I've seen her somewhere, but I can't. Yeah, I couldn't. Cool. I have two, and we I can't have to do place a quick it. Google, yeah, this gonna bother me. Hold on, let me find yeah. her. Yeah, let me find. Yeah, she was because I just like the way, and then I like her coming in on um Diego. I was like, yeah, somebody to give him a run for his money because Diego He'd be like, doing the most. So it's um so, so Eudora is played by Ashley Mad. Uh, forgive me, Medique. And she's actually been in a show called The Secret Diary of a Call Girl. Um, she played 
Tichuba oh. in Salem, and she was also in Revenge. So I guess, I mean, I've seen her face. I just don't recall exactly where she came from. Yeah, because she has, she definitely has one of those faces, because I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. Too. I was like, have I seen her somewhere? But yeah, I love her in this. I hope we get much more, because I, I think she, like, I love the way she just, like, I mean, San Diego. I feel like they have a history, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, they definitely got a history. Exactly. So Detective Patch questions Agnes, who is the owner of Gritty's Donuts. Um, and she basically tells her, you know, my last customers that were there was this older man and his son. They drove her away. You know, I was in a back room when I saw them leave, and then I heard shots. Well, by the time I got out there, when the coast was clear, all I saw was bodies. And she's like, Well, you're dice and all, but do I really have to like tell you this again? And Patch is like, what are you talking about? She's like, I already spoke to the detective. She's like, what detective? And that's when she puts two and two together and realizes that Diego's sneaky ass had actually gotten to Agnes first and she tases him. (laughs) So I was like, great. (laughs) I was was like literally sitting there Mm -hmm. with my mouth open like, "Hmm, okay, I guess she does. Plays no games. So... Cause she didn't even like ask any questions. It was like, yeah, so she takes him up. You're done. Um, she basically puts him in a squad car, uh, confiscates all his equipment, and leaves him with his mask. And he's like, "Oh, you used to like that mask, like almost like you know they used to have some Fifty Shades of Grey going. I don't know. I'm just, I'm doing okay. We got something like that. So, so he tells her like, look, I was there. I questioned the lady, you know, I'm good at my job. She's like, you're not a cop. And he's like, yeah, but you got to look into the tow truck driver. She's like, I don't need your help. And she blows him into the car. Meanwhile, Hazel and Chacha have been watching this whole thing. Like they're like, and of course Hazel's eating. So he's, you know, enjoying some ice cream and looking (laughs) onto this gruesome scene. So we later learn that Patch looked into what happened. Ballistics determined that these men all shot each other. Which is pretty unusual for a kill squad to do that to each other. They usually have a target. And so we obviously know that right. Five basically used his powers to turn it against them. But he also stabbed one of the dudes in the eye. And apparently the knife that was recovered had a fingerprint of someone that was, I guess, involved in a cold case from back in the day. So that was unusual. They're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. I think they had quoted like 1936 or something like that. And I was like, oh, snap. Mm. so it wasn't his um so it wasn't leading back to him still like they weren't like it was right but that what intrigued me was the fact that he went all the way to the future like 20 years or i think it was 13 years into the future to the apocalypse right and then his fingerprints are traced back to 1936 so like where has this kid been you know what i'm saying like how how much time traveling has he done right right, so i thought that was interesting um so, yeah, so Diego is basically sent off on his merry way. Well, he's taken he's taken into custody, but eventually he's released. And he tries to, like, flirt with Patch. And he's like, yeah, like, why don't you ride out with me? We could be something, like, back in the old days. And you can tell that Patch is tempted. 
But she's like, no, 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 no. Your way, like being a vigilante doesn't really get justice. My way gets convictions. No, thank you. Please go. But you can see like she's thinking about it. She's like, well, I mean, Mike could be. (laughs) So later we see Luther and he's feeling like crap, obviously, because the last time we saw Luther, he was accusing his siblings of murdering their father. So (laughs) real smooth. So he's basically trying to find ways to eliminate them. So he visits Diego, who happens to live in a gym. Apparently, if he mops up the gym, he gets the back room. And he just kind of hangs out there. I guess he's waiting for his brother. Meanwhile, um, <laughs> Hazel and Chacha have gotten a hold of the tow truck driver. And <laughs> uh, why? Me. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of bothering me. Because I was like, come on. I was like, obviously, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not hating on the gangster of it all. Because I do like right. seeing Mary J. Blige in like this different role that we haven't seen her in. But also... I don't know. I mean, right. I guess as an assassin, that's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do, I guess. But I feel like also at a certain point, you can obviously tell this guy didn't know anything. So it was like, why to a certain extent? Like, I just was kind of sitting there like, I mean, do they really have to keep going? Like, I when you first start the interrogation, you like, okay. That's I true. They initially thought that he may have been on. five because they kind of looked similar in the old age. Chacha was like, eh, not close enough. But... I mean, what they do basically is they chain him from his from his wrist. They hang him from his wrist, and then they like take like jumper cables and attach him to I think his nipples and send. Right, I'm like, right? Come and then on. send it, like, you so know, electric, electric so bolts wrong. to his body, and then they do take his um do the same thing for his um his earlobes, but. And in in Chacha's defense, they do get some information because he mentions to them, hey, the only person that was there since I'm not this guy, the only other person that was there was this kid. And he kept saying how he used to come back here when he was younger. And they're like, oh, well, you know, time travel is crazy. It's possible that kid is five. And so they basically tortured homeboy some more. And he ends up telling them that all he knows is that this guy or this kid was asking for the address of, of the department store. So that gives him a clue. Like, okay, well, we don't know where he is because he doesn't have his tracker, but maybe we can wait up for him at this department store. And we have no idea why he would be interested in a department store, but we get to that later in the episode. And that's a doozy as well. <laughs> real talk so Diego eventually For does real, come real, Diego eventually does come back to the gym <laughs> he he feels something he doesn't miss so he throws this knife at Luther and it clips his ears fantastic I was like how do you make that shot with like a little like the door was well that's one of Diego's powers he can change the trajectory of anything that he throws so yeah. Also, did he fail? He because he probably wasn't How following the rules. Like that, I was um, and was doing his own thing. <laughs> so that's what got him kicked oh, yeah, out. True. But yeah, he, he could have like, been a cop. So Luther basically tells Diego, like, "Hey, I found out that you were fighting the night that Dad died. So my bad." <laughs> my bad for accusing you of murder and Diego's like yeah thanks brother (laughs) 
and he leaves out. So it's basically saying like, thanks for eliminating me, but you don't have to go through all this. You could have just trusted me. I'm your brother. So eh. the, the Luther apology tour, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, he just ain't winning. Well, um, Allison likes him. Allison and Luther got this whole like flowers in the attic thing going. Um, but I mean, they're not (laughs) technically related, so by all means, I'm just saying they've been looking at each other. They're always like, like I like it whispering to each other. You know, I'm I'm just saying I got a vibe. And I would say, and I would say that Luther could help her, but he's like, <laughs> he for right for now, no to reason. me, Luther is buff for no reason. So, because I haven't really seen him do, right. So I haven't really seen him do anything with his buffness. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking that he can maybe help her because Allison was struggling. Yeah, we don't but got nothing for you. I, um, yeah, so, but Luther yeah. wakes up. So this next uh, raindrop is called Back at the Ranch. So we're, I'm basically acknowledging the big old house. Um, Luther wakes up <laughs> and he's thrown off by this. He's used to his same schedule, <laughs> his same routine on the moon. So he gets up and he's kind of like, you know, when you forget that you're sleeping in somewhere else that isn't your home and you wake up and you're disoriented. So he like gets up and is like, wait, there's no alarm clock here. Uh, this hallway is not the narrow right. hallway of my space center. So you know, he kind of gets his um, bearings and he sees Allison in her old room and they get to talking. Allison obviously is packing. She plans on returning back to California. She has a young daughter. Her name is Claire. And she says she misses her. And she basically says, like, you know what, Luther, I would love for you to meet her one day. And he's like, what? You told her about us? You hated this place. And she's like, yeah, I hated this place, but you know, I always cared about you. Mind you, she doesn't address the rest of her siblings, just Luther. And um, <laughs> she said, you know, when Claire was little, I would read her stories about her uncle that was on the moon. Yeah, and you were her personal hero. And he's just like, oh, Aww, okay. Cute? And he's like, you should meet her one day. He's like, yeah, um, about that. Uh, and he kind of nixes the plan and saying he's, you know, dad's monocle is still missing. So mind you, these scenes are kind of before he determined Diego wasn't the killer. Um, so he kind of, and Allison's like, look, let it go. Dad died of a heart attack. Yeah. So we see Klaus. <laughs> Good old Klaus. He, Klaus is knocked out on the couch in yes, like black. Klaus. I would call them tidy whities but they're black. So he's knocked out on the couch. He wakes up. Yes, yeah, and his you know his hair really is ruffled and, and tousled, and he has guy liner on. And he, I mean, he looks like a drug addict, like what, but like a fancy, you know, beautiful drug addict. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I love Klaus. So he wakes oh, up. Man. I love Klaus. Yes, just beautiful, yeah. like yeah, that's Jack that's Sparrow type deal. Just not always there, but is there. So he wakes up. He's obviously tortured by these dead voices, the, the voices of the, of, of the dead. And he's like, he's been looking for drugs or he might have just taken drugs to avoid listening to these voices. He's not full of control of his powers. And of course, the loudest voice in his head is Ben. So Ben's like, dude, wake up. You're out of drugs. Like, there's nothing you can do. He's like, why don't you, you know, try drinking some juice, maybe? Maybe some eggs. 
And Klaus is like, drop dead. He's like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> so they have like a cute little rapport, like back and forth. They're brothers, you know, except for the fact that Klaus is the only one that can see him. Um, so basically Klaus is out there looking, Klaus slept in, I guess, in his dad's office or it might've been there, the main room. I I can't remember. The house is so big, but he's looking through drawers. He's looking through things, looking through shelves and, um, Pogo kind of surprises them. Slick with it, but Pogo can't see Ben. So for all he knows, Klaus over here talking to himself. So. He questions Klaus. He was like, you know, can you tell me about the whereabouts of, you know, your father's ornate box inlaid in pearls or some some mess like that? Um, And we're basically taken back to where Klaus stole this box, emptied it out, like empty of of its context, and then sold the box to get drugs. And that's how he kind of passed out in the house the next day. He was trying to drown out the voices. And Poco basically tells him that the content of that box was invaluable. And the person that recovers that material will be blameless and suffer no consequences. So Pogo is basically telling him, I know you took the box. You better go get the stuff that you threw out. Period. Yeah, but I mean, Pogo about that life because clearly Klaus is like, whoa, snap. Okay, well, I have no idea what happened to it, but, you know, he's just like playing off like, oh, I just know (laughs) such thing. But um, yeah, he definitely wants to get that stuff back. And there's obviously there was like like a crimson portfolio that was thrown out. So it's a possibility there's something in there that's like important to possibly saving the whole world who knows but pogo wants that thing back so klaus better get on it oh i'm gonna take a moment so later we find vanya um she sees that allison pause ryan just got kicked out so bear with us a moment this would be a great time for a commercial break the black girl nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Valentine's Day will be here before you know it, and time is running out to send your Valentine a one-of-a-kind, memorable, and unexpected gift. So, if you want to wow your Valentine this year, send them bite-sized cupcakes from Baked by Melissa. Listen, I decided to try these the moment I was offered the opportunity to check these out. I could not say no to cupcakes. Who would say no to cupcakes? So I got these in the mail. They're absolutely adorable. There was really great packaging. They're these gorgeous looking bite-sized cupcakes. And they're, you know, they're really small and tiny and cute. Have really cute decorations. They come in all of these different flavors and they're just in time for Valentine's Day. You can choose from white chocolate cookies and cream, red velvet, milk chocolate, dulce de leche, and so much more. Plus they have vegan and gluten-free options. And my favorite was the red velvet. There's a cute little heart in the middle of the red velvet cupcakes. 
Plus, I'm a sucker for all things red velvet. So it was really yummy and adorable and delicious. And if you happen to be calorie counting right now and you're watching your weight, you can have one and you'll be okay. It's not gonna be the end of the world. But if you wanna splurge, you can have two, you can have three, you'll be okay. Um, but you should definitely check out Baked by Melissa. They offer one and two day shipping nationwide. And remember, the last day for standard shipping for Valentine's Day delivery is February 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Valentine's Day sent to your loved ones, your girlfriends, your boyfriend, whoever, your mom, you're the special person in your life, whoever it is that you send your Valentine's Day gift to each and every year, check out Baked by Melissa. Go to bakedbymelissa.com slash nerds. And guess what? If you use the promo code nerds, you're going to get 15% off of your order. That's right. Take advantage of this special offer for our podcast listeners. 15% off of bakedbymelissa.com slash nerds and use the promo code nerds and make sure you send it by February 12th by 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you want that shipping by Valentine's Day for delivery. Bakedbymelissa.com forward slash nerds. Use the promo code nerds. So Vanya finds Allison arguing with her estranged husband Patrick over Claire. Apparently Patrick is upset because Allison missed a session. I guess it's like a therapy session or a counseling session in favor of going to her father's funeral, which is completely understandable, don't you think? Like, like, I don't know who her ex-husband is or whatever, but apparently he ain't feeling her, which makes me think, like, I wonder if she is one of those things where she used her powers on him and something went totally wrong, but I guess we will find that out, like, way down in the season, but yeah we'll see but Vanya basically tries to console her you know says your husband's a jerk and you know you're you're better off where you are which is there in New York and she's like wait what no I'm better off in California with my daughter but you wouldn't know anything about that would you and so she's like super harsh on yeah, Vanya she goes in. I'm and like, calm down, calm down. And she's just like, you don't know anything about love. You could never understand because you always separated yourself. And, you know, Vanya answers back like, dad made me. And then she's like, well, did dad make you write that book about us? And I was like, ooh, that was kind of mean. And so she tells her, she's like, look, Vanya, you're an adult now. You don't get to blame your problems on things that happen when you're a kid or on others. Like, that's not how it works anymore. And she walks away. And I was like, um, that was kind of mean. Yeah, if I was Vanya, but, I definitely, I definitely would have taken a couple shots, but Vanya don't roll like that, as we know. Nope. And she's the quiet one. So later we find Allison in the attic. She's smoking. Pogo once again sneaks up on somebody. Um, he comes looking for her because um, apparently Vanya called him or called looking for her because she was concerned and Allison was like yeah I was really hard on her I told her some things I shouldn't have said so he's like you know what she's your sister she understands she cares about you it's okay but you know maybe I can cheer you up so he takes her to this room and he's just like I found these old tapes 
And what I thought was funny about this scene, not funny, but just kind of ironic, how Allison was saying, like, you know, most kids have home videos. We have home surveillance tapes to look at. Like the whole surveillance thing. I was like, what is happening right now? Right. So like a control room with all these CDC, CDC cameras. And basically they were constantly under surveillance by their father. Um, Allison is kind of cheered up by this though. Cause she sees them when they were kids and she realizes like, whoa, we really did separate ourselves from Vanya. Like, why are we so cruel to her? I would kill someone if they treated my daughter Claire like that. Um, and Pogo was like, you were kids. Yeah. That's what kids do. So he basically, and I really think Pogo did this on purpose, but he's like, okay, so there's more tapes over here. I'm just going to leave you to yourself. You enjoy. And he leaves. Yeah, well, he even the- looks sneaky to me when he leaves. Like when he closed yeah. the door. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. So as he leaves, Allison picks up a tape that probably was strategically placed there. She inserts the tape and all you can, you could see her face fall. And then she's like, Oh, God, Dad. So we don't know the contents of that tape, but it must be something important. It must be something related to Reggie's death. Who knows? But, I mean, it has to be. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that whole surveillance system. Although Reggie's still a weird one. Yeah, he is. I don't think I'd want that in my house. Uh, I'd rather stick with my iPhone footage. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or anything for the gram. Um, Yeah, anything for the gram. Mm-hmm. Do it for the gram. So the next raindrop, I'm titling the four o'clock. Um, and this is a character that's also been introduced, and I can't really say that he's meaningful, but there's a reason why he appears at Vanya's door. I just want to say for, I think he's mm-hmm. super weird. So I cannot wait to figure out this reason. This reason because he just seems so weird to me yeah he was i don't know what it is it's like borderline creepy and i'm not trying to hate because you can learn violin whatever you want to learn violin but he just seems Mm -hmm. borderline creepy to me yeah he shows up to have an appointment and he's a little older than most of vanya's students um he introduces himself as leonard so leonard peabody and he's played by john magro who most people recognize him from um being the boy or the boyfriend husband of one of the characters on um uh, Orange is the New Black, which is another Netflix show, which kind of died out, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I stopped watching after season three. Sorry. Um, but I remember oh him. My gosh. No, I was kidding. I haven't, I haven't seen it. My sister's a big fan, though. But I haven't seen it. I think once you once you run its course, it runs its course. It started out great, and then it just got like stupid. Sorry. No offense. No offense anyone out there. But anyways, um, <laughs> so he comes in. They have this little awkward but kind of cute exchange. Um, and she teaches him how to play the violin in his first little lesson. So he literally sounds like I was when I was eight learning the violin. Just really choppy. Not holding the bow correctly. Just uh, but I mean, he's trying. He just go right for the the violin. Like, wait, let her tell you how to hold it and everything. Like, he just gonna jump right in. Like, he know what he doing. <laughs> well, apparently, his father passed. He didn't have the best relationship, but he's trying to find ways to understand his dad. So he figured picking up violin lessons would help. And for whatever reason, that kind of strikes a chord. <laughs> chord, get it? Um, strikes the chord with Vanya, and she nailed it. Nailed it. I know you, you caught on to that pretty late. I was like, ah, oh, my joke didn't land. Uh, <laughs> but 
she had he mentions he had an uneasy relationship with his father and Vanya had the same same thing going so they kind of relate in that perspective and they all you know they say they they make plans for next week for another lesson and then Leonard tries to basically ask out Vanya by inviting her to his wood shop mm, he got wood all right and <laughs> what's wrong with me yeah, that was. See, I would have. That was better than the other one, though. I give you that one. That okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Me and my dad jokes. Um, but Vanya <laughs> d- declines. She's just like, I'm busy next week, and he's like, Okay, no rush, no rush. It's cool. Which I'm always yeah, creeped I out. Been like, do not come back for your next violin lesson. Right. That's what I want to say. I'm too. I, I ain't with it. I ain't with the creepiness. I ain't with it. I'm always creeped out by guys that are that patient. Like, oh, it's no rush. I'll be here. And I'm like, Oh, you're gonna get me in the end, aren't you? Because you're always gonna be. <laughs> here you're gonna wait out for me but it's like not only that like his mannerisms i don't know it's not like like you said like the patience and like the i guess it sounds bad but it's like too calm like yeah it's like something about his mannerisms that it's like you know you should have some different kind of facial expressions at certain certain moments and he's just kind of like oh i'm just here i just want to learn mm-hmm. you know it's just something doesn't seem i mean it sounds stupid i I feel like how I'm wording this, but it's something that's ain't right. Yeah, something's not right, but we, we shall see. We shall see. So our next raindrop is called Eye of the Beholder because the eye is a prominent... <laughs> prominent piece in this episode um so man you broke it down i would have just called it the eye i like how you got deep with that i tried to so vanya wakes up and this is early in the episode she finds that five is missing so he's at a lab attempting to determine who's the owner of this um artificial i guess the artificial fake eye whatever the owner of this eye yeah so the lab tech refuses to give up the name he's like look kid look young man i cannot tell you it's going to breach privacy i cannot tell you who that belongs to but i can take the eye and i can give it to the owner and he keeps calling him young man and so of course five is not a young man he's a grown man in a young man's body so he gets the guy and he's just like you call me young man again and i'll like kick your ass three ways to sunday something crazy and so the, right. the reception is like oh my and she calls security on him so he dips he leaves out so i guess he goes back to the house vanya is looking for him and she apologizes for not believing him she's like you know what dad always talked about time travel hurting the mind i'm sorry i didn't believe you but maybe you should see somebody see a therapist i've been seeing the therapist and he's just like yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna have some rest i'm just gonna lay down i haven't slept well in a long time and she's just like okay because she walks off and that's when she has her encounter with allison well apparently (laughs) klaus had been hiding in the wardrobe the whole time during that exchange with with vanya coming out wearing the tackiest thing i've ever seen in my life i'm like you know what i don't even notice what he wears because it just fits him like i just like oh it's klaus klaus being klaus (laughs) so Oh, it it was definitely it was him, but it was tacky. I was like, class. Was he wearing like some type of leopard print or something? I forget. I, I think it was. Yeah, like has some kind of weird like frilly stuff to it. I was like, what is he whole doing right? Now? Like just wear like a regular like. I mean, nothing, there's nothing regular about mm-hmm. Klaus, and I love it. But I'm just saying, like a dress shirt, you would have been all right, bro. Like just a regular. So basically, what you're saying is that Klaus dresses like the Migos, like leather and. And blouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he does. Right. Or like some like crazy rocker or something. It's just like, just no, no, Klaus. No, just wear something. I'm with it. Like he rocks color. his sister dress, his her skirt. I'm with it. So 
Let's see, he was wrong for that. What if she need that for her next red carpet appearance? Like he just going to people closet. And got all his business on it because you know Klaus be up to no good. What? Right. I'm like, then now she can't take the skirt back or wear for her red carpet appearance. <laughs> it's like, come on now. Well, apparently Five has hired Klaus for a job and he's supposed to pose as his father. And of course, Klaus being Klaus is like, well, what's the background? So at one point, you know, I met your mother, that whore. <laughs> but we had the best sex ever. And I'm just like... <laughs> Five is just looking at him like, thank you for for showing me the craziness that is your mind. Thanks. And so they head to the lag once again. And they're trying to get this tech. Apparently his name is Grant. So give them the name of the owner of the eyeball. Klaus basically goes into full liar, liar, Jim Carrey mode. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, it'd be crazy. How dare you hit my son? His lip is bleeding. And Grant's like, what are you talking about? His lip is bleeding. He's like, yes, it is. And he like smacks the crap out of five. And he was just like, wouldn't it be terrible if you attacked me? And he takes a snow globe and hits himself over the head. It literally bursts on his head. There's blood everywhere. Right. The little sparky things on his face while he talking. I was like, Grant is now. so freaked out. He calls security, and of course, um, Klaus grabs one. He's like, "Oh my gosh, he's attacked me! Send help, please now!" And he like hangs up the phone. <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah." So in sixty seconds, security's gonna be here. So it's probably your best interest to give us the name because jail isn't good for you honey i've been to jail they gonna pass you around Mm-mm. so dude <laughs> is so intimidated he just goes ahead and gives him the name mind you as he's looking up the name klaus is sitting there with blood dripping blood and sprinkles or glitter dripping down his face like he's just a strange bird in the best sense Right, like even one point five got lost. It was like, what? What was the plan again? Like his face. Yeah, was I'm like, trying. Okay, I'm trying to figure out what their plan was and bringing Klaus along in the first place. Like I do, I lost track of it, but it worked. Whatever, whatever Klaus did, it worked. Um, so it turns <laughs> out that the eyeball actually hasn't even been manufactured yet. Um, it so it doesn't belong to anyone, which leads five to believe that this is much further in the future than he thought like what are the odds if the world's supposed to end in in eight days maybe who knows but anyways it basically tells them that they've kind of hit a dead end so five is frustrated so he's outside complaining and Klaus is like yeah that's cool or whatever but can I get my twenty dollars and The fact that he for twenty dollars, he literally needs stitches for twenty dollars. So he goes on. And he's just like, "Oh, you guys are useless. Everyone's useless." And he sits on the steps and he's frustrated. And Klaus is like, "I know why you're so uptight. You're horny. You haven't been with anyone in years." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Five is like, "Oh no, I was with someone for thirty years, and her name was Dolores." So this gives Klaus a reason to kind of talk about himself. And he's just like, oh, my lungs relationship was like, like what, three weeks? But he made the most amazing asabuco. And he starts to rant. And Five's like, yeah, I'm going to head out. And he like snaps, like snaps his fingers. And he ends up in a taxi. And he like <laughs> waves goodbye to, to Klaus. Klaus is like, hey, where's my $20? <laughs> like, relentless to the end. 
I was like, you probably, you know, number I mean, five yeah, where did he, he's been in the future. Where you get this money from? But look, five dollars is five dollars. So, um, mm-mm-mm. so five ends up at the department store and he finds the infamous Dolores who happens to be a mannequin. And why? Why? Like a whole mannequin. I was like, what is happening? Like, I, I really thought maybe somebody was going to come out from behind the Look, mannequin. And I just this was like a Wilson situation. Like, yeah. Wilson, I'll never forget you. Oh, can I tell what? you, I cannot stand that movie because I, I don't like that movie. I do not what? like it. <laughs> I like that movie. I it, was like it was long. It was long. But if you're on an island by yourself and you don't have any friends, you're gonna make friends with a volleyball or a mannequin, it seems. If you're isolated, you're gonna end up talking to someone to keep you sane. So, anyways, uh <laughs> look at me getting passionate. Uh apparently Dolores kept in company <laughs> during his time out and in, in the Thunderdome, yep. out in the wild. Um, and so he has a special place in his heart. And he's like, Hey Dolores. Hey girl, I missed you. And his little moment, his little reunion is done when Hazel and Cha Cha break in and start shooting up the joint, including Dolores. They take out Dolores with the quickness. I was like, no, she wasn't ready. Yeah. Yep. She was Got gone. She pushed herself on torso and her head, and her wig, her wig was gone. It was gone. They did. They did Dolores dirty. So, I, but I, what I thought interesting was that the fact that Cha Cha and Hazel have on these masks, like <laughs> Cha Cha is a dog, it looks right. like with droopy ears, and Hazel is a looks like a panda. <laughs> it's almost like anime type cartoonish faces. I don't know. It adds an element yeah. of weird to this show. So they shoot up the place, but obviously they're no match for five, and he kind of basically time travels out of there or space jumps he grabs Dolores and he's out and so apparently there really was something to those tapes because later on that evening um well actually let's back a little bit so as the shootout is happening Patch discovers the body of the tow truck driver and Diego and Patch get a call for the shootout so they probably head that way and then back at the house Luther is talking to Allison about the fact that, you know what, maybe dad did die from natural causes. Maybe I had this wrong all along. And then Allison's like, no, 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 you need to see this tape. Before they can really talk about it, they see number five. And he looks like upset. And they're like, you know, can we help? And he's like, nothing can help. Nothing can help. And he looks really upset. So we flash to, I guess, when he was first um, transported to the future and he discovers the bodies of his siblings. Like, everybody's dead. Klaus, Allison, um, Diego. He actually takes that eyeball from the hand of, of the dead Luther. So it's like, this eyeball is significant. That's why he's been looking for the owner. And that basically wraps the episode. We're left with that, you know, somber scene of this, you know, this family that we've kind of grown to love. They're, they're, they're dead. Yeah, and yeah. that song was yeah. like perfect fit in there. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of sure. Kinda so like I was like really there. excited about this episode just for the fact that it introduced Hazel and Cha Cha and this weird Leonard character, <laughs> and um, we even see more of Agnes later on the season, the the nice little lady from the donut shop. So you know, this was a pretty good episode. How did you feel? 
Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I found um because um you know I'm trying to read the novel as we go, and I'm trying not to mm-hmm. read too far ahead, so I don't get spoilers. Sure. Um, but there was a quote um for Reggie. I guess I like going by Reggie. How you started that? Um, <laughs> where he was getting like he was doing an acceptance speech from. I think it's called. I think the element what is Talium. I think that's how you pronounce it. Where he was getting mm-hmm. award. I think it's like some kind of weird. I'm, I'm low key thinking he was doing like experiments on stuff he wasn't supposed to. Because this chemical okay. can be like really hazardous to like humans and stuff like that. Okay. But anyway, in his speech, he said, in closing, I like to point out that I never desired to break the children. I merely sought to foster their potential, which was unfortunately never that vast. So I just thought it was like, mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. Um, because I kind of felt like this episode was kind of them a little bit like reminiscing on when they were little. And right. like stuff that was like there and how he like treated them and you know, stuff where you thinking like, well, as a dad, shouldn't you have the have should you have shown them this if you were trying to make them well, I guess he really didn't want to be their dad, dad, but if you're trying to make them these superheroes or like and you run a test on them anyway, shouldn't you have shown them, you know, certain things? Some love, something. Yeah, right. Or like how to function, sort of how because you know with number with five, like how you keep pointing out his powers like seem like they short out. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like each one of them, I feel like, have things where you think, like, well, why wouldn't you have trained to do this if they're supposed to be these, like, you know, super kids and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think he was just precautious, and basically he knew their limitations, and he didn't want them to overexert themselves, because they were still young. I'm sure he was trying to That's see true. them out yeah. until they were adults when they reached their full potential and were mature and could really, like, honing on their powers but i mean teenagers are already terrible as is do we really need to give them superpowers so i think that's why right, he kind of right. you know especially with 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 five um why he kind of suppressed some things um and we also i know we're not going to reveal too too much but he he was instrumental in suppressing a lot with this family um so we'll get into that okay well i look forward yeah i look forward to seeing that yeah, we'll get into that as we continue this recap series. Um, so you have any final thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about, Ryan? Nope. I can't wait to see what Klaus going to be wearing uh, in episode three. <laughs> Probably, yeah. What is Klaus going to wear and what is Klaus going <laughs> to do? I feel like that's always like, I'm, I always love Klaus scenes. So for sure. So thanks guys for listening and we'll be back next week and look out for more umbrella academy episodes more other episodes hot topics we got a fast and furious thing going right ryan yeah yeah we trying to mix it up you know you guys let us know too like we always give on our twitter and everything so you know let us know what you guys you know drop us some topics because this is we doing this for you like you know you guys picked umbrella academy so let us know let us know Don't leave just yet. Our next segment is with Ryan, who is going to break down the Fast and Furious F9 trailer that just dropped. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And guess what? It is just me here, guys. I am not here with my ride or die Angelica right now, but don't worry. We will definitely be back with some more. We have definitely have some more Umbrella Academy coming up and some other cool things for you guys coming up. But I wanted to take a moment and talk to you guys about one of my personal um, favorite franchises, favorite movies. I personally think this is the best franchise on the planet, hands down, just my own personal opinion. But I am coming fresh off a couple of hours ago. They just 
released the trailer for Fast and Furious 9 and I wanted to try something a little different. I want to kind of share and vent to you guys a little bit and and share a little bit about um, why this franchise means so much to me and why I'm such a huge fan. So yeah, we're going to get into it a little bit here. We're going to vent a little bit. Um, I'm just going to let you guys know if you want to wait and see the trailer, if you're not um, up on like some Fast and Furious 9 high like I am right now and got a chance to catch it, either, you know, just turn this off right now or have the trailer going while I'm talking because I'm about to really spoil some things for you guys. Um, so just a heads up. But yeah, so let's get into it here. Um so I want to kind of I want to kind of start off the top because as a fan of this franchise, you're you're usually going to be surrounded by okay you have you have a two groups of people you have those people that are really rotted out for this franchise have started out to to the from the beginning because this is like a twenty year franchise so um so by this point I guess you either rotted out or you're not and so usually have you usually have the other people that are like there's why is this franchise still going on the stunts are way too much um you know it's just very unrealistic there's no plot okay this is what I have to say to those people I got to get this off my chest because I am a huge I just I just cannot stand it and I've been waiting for I went waiting for a chance to kind of to try to speak my piece on this because I'm a huge fan of this um so Everybody, okay, one of my favorite things about uh movie and movies and TV is that you can you get informed, you get educated on things. Um, you know, and it's it is supposed to make you feel a certain type of way. But I don't think I think with the climate that we're in, when it comes to politics, you guys know I have a news background where there's I'm faced with seeing shootings every day. Um, you know, there's just these hor there's just these horrible um things when it comes involved in like young people and just need just, you know, recently um we're just coming off of the passing of Kobe Bryant and just all of those things just kind of weigh you down on a day-to-day basis. So I feel like there is a need for an entertainment escape. And so I I just want to I want to express how important I think it is to have a franchise like this to have an outlet where for two hours you can completely escape. You can think that the man of your dreams is coming to pick you up in this super smart car, in this Dodge Charger, whatever you, whatever works for you. Um, and you, and you just like on that, on that, on that fantasy, on that escape, um, from like, you know, just day to day, you get to take a break. I, I think that's a huge part of film and TV, a huge, uh, huge entertainment factor. And so that is one of the reasons why I am, I'm super, I'm such a big fan of this franchise. And I just, I am here every single time they're ready to drop a trailer, anything next installment. I'm always getting my tickets early. Um, So yeah, I just want to kind of vent about that a little bit because I just think people miss that part. And also there is so much, this franchise is about family and it's about, um, what kind of person you want to be when it comes to to your family and friends you know loyalty a lot of people out there don't they need to learn about loyalty um you know people are not loyal I'm just you know so th- there's a there's just like little nuances in this in this um in this film that I think little values that people overlook because it is so fantastic when it comes to the special effects the cars 
And I mean, I feel like you need all of those things to have. I think that's why this is the juggernaut. It is. It is a billion dollar franchise because they do those things so well. So, yeah. All right. So I'm done off that. I just had to get that off my chest a little bit. Um, let me give you a just like a few facts off the top um, before we kind of get really deep into the concert, into the trailer. Um, so the release date I am finding is supposed to be May 22nd, 2020. Uh, also, um, as I was saying before, um, this is a 20 year in the making franchise. So I think they're like, they're really coming into like some new branding, um, a new way to, to, to kind of see that, to kind of move fans into a different direction, because I think they have a lot of sequels coming down the pike after they get to, because the plan was always to get to the 10th film of this franchise. If you are new to this world and, um, um, kind of knew the way they built it up. So if you notice lately, a lot of their promotion, a lot of the social media has been um, calling this um, the fast saga, like everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of this, all of it's marketed like that to kind of, um, I feel personally is to kind of give it like that, that kind of end note where it's like, okay, these 10 films, we're done with that chapter. We got some new things coming down the pike. Like I even heard they might have a, um, a female sequel, a female led sequel coming out. Um, cause I think, um, I don't quote me on this, but I think Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez in the past has had some issues because she's wanted to, um, kind of step back a little bit and, you know, she's very like very female power. So I think she was kind of concerned about some of the direction of the franchise. And that's one of the things that I think got her to kind of continue to rock with it and sign on is because, you know, that promise of, of, us. Uh, something something else coming down the pike something bigger for the franchise for women to show women empowerment um also you know they have that um the uh animated series spy races on netflix right now if you guys get a chance to check that out um which i really enjoy by the way um so they have those different things coming out so i think they want to kind of get us to end note so they're very much pushing that fast saga thing now um which is i, I found interesting so Let's get to what I just saw a couple hours ago so I can kind of give you guys my raw impression, what I what I kind of think, how it all went down. So this was this was titled um The Road to the Road to F9 concert and a trailer release. They opened up with the uh fantastic, fabulous, ludicrous, aka Taj in the film. Um, if you're not familiar with the film, he, uh, he plays like the, which is, which is, uh, so not the direction I thought when he was first introduced to the, to the franchise they were going to go, but he's, he's like the techie guy. He knows, he knows like cars inside and out. Um, the tech genius. Um, but yeah, they opened up with, cause who, who's not going to open. I feel like at this point, who is not going to open, um, something musically involved with fast and furious without having Ludacris do it. So Ludacris opened up the show. Um, played a lot of uh a lot of his hits like yeah um I loved he had like I feel like he goes back and forth with his hairstyles a lot like he had like his little little uh baby afro going so I thought that was uh cute um but yeah he did he did real cool opening it up um they also had um it, they also had a real emotional moment what I thought was touching where they had they brought out uh Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth who did the song um when I see you again or see you again. Um, and that was, if you remember, like a huge, a huge anchor, a huge moment for um Furious Seven, because it it was just so like a around that was like one of his last things where he had I uh, I believe Paul Walker definitely had a chance to film like the parts of the beginning of it. 
um uh, before his before his um untimely passing and so it was so hard for fans to kind of I know it was I know it was just, you could always you could tell on the the cast face it was hard for them to go around and do the press tour and I think a song like this just kind of pulled everybody together they also um you know of course had to give love out to Kobe Bryant with the tie into the song so that was a real emotional part of the concert um you could tell everybody was feeling and um just you know rest in peace to to Paul Walker Kobe Bryant that was just a it was a hard moment to you know to just to to think about but but again I say it's it's so well done the way they um the way they address it and kind of you know at the same time uplifting you and and um you know um getting you to see the silver line and and um you know the goodness that these these two men represented so I thought that was a nice moment they also to to kind of turn it up flip the script up a little bit um you know to change the mood they had um Ozuna which um I had to go back and do my research you guys know I'm always going into a music research he is the new king of reggaeton which I thought I thought he did like um uh cool he also has like some latin trap and stuff so you know if you get a chance to youtube him check him out I thought he was real 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 dope um let's see so um also we had um they did where they ended up closing out everything with um with Cardi B, which um, if you haven't seen like a lot of the press release and everything, she does have a cool moment in the film, which I'm so excited to see. I wish I would have gave her a bigger part because as you guys heard me say multiple times, I thought she did phenomenal on Hustlers. Um, so I just kind of want to see, like, I think she has, she has so much just like personality popping all over the place that I, I really want to see more of her acting career. And I think this is like, I think she just has that thing where she knows how to be at the right place at the right time. And I think this is a really cool that they added her into this franchise. And Vin Diesel was talking about how she has this moment that we just have to see. So I cannot wait to see what goes down, what happens uh so yeah so they ended with that also I meant to talk about how um they had Maria Menounos and Tyrese hosting which they they made an interesting duo um a kind of like I kind of saw Maria Menounos giving Tyrese a little bit of a side eye because he was kind of making fun of her laugh um which you know I don't know if she was feeling as much but I thought it was kind of like a cool cute moment a little bit there um so yeah that was kind of funny by the way she has the most like I don't know if she's coming from Ryan Seacrest but she has like the most hosting gigs ever by the way so yeah had both of them hosting it um they had the whole cast there so um we got to start from the top you know this franchise does not move without this dude he is the head honcho the guy that brings the team together um Vin Diesel um aka Dominic Toretto was in the building um they also had uh, Michelle Rodriguez we talked about before she plays um Letty so um and you know they are as you know now they are married and also they are just like the sheer like one of the people that um besides uh Paul Walker one of the people that started out from the very beginning um like I believe the 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 well actually the very first um Fast and Furious movie was dropped in uh 2001 so they've been like from the jump uh that couple that you just want to see how they've evolved and have grown so much with this franchise so um we had her, um, Jordan Brewster is back. Um, you know, she was Mia and Mia was, um, I don't, I don't think they ever, I don't think they got married. I'm trying to think back cause it's escaping me bad, but yeah, she was definitely, um, 
it was definitely her and Brian ride a all the way. Um, they had, um, if you remember, they kind of sailed off into the sunset um, or drove, I should say, drove off into the sunset. Uh, there was no more living a quarter mile at a time. You get that reference if you're um, uh, hardcore, fast and furious. But um, they had a son and she was pregnant. She was um, getting ready to have a little girl. So they kind of took separated from the team or were kind of doing their own thing and I know I saw a lot of fans talking about it and I know for one me I wanted to see her back because she you know I thought she had a real real cool dynamic with the team so I'm glad to see she's back um Natalie uh Natalie Emmanuel uh aka Masande aka uh, for all you GOT fans aka Ramsey for Fast and Furious by the way she is a fantastic decision on their part um, I think the way she, I think the way she, they integrated her into this franchise was just amazingly done. And she, she can do some action. Let me just tell you, like, I'll get more into it when I discuss the trailer, but she has some surprises that I did not see coming. Like we get to see, we got to see her do a, sometimes a little bit of something, something I think when we were, um, within the, um, in Game of Thrones, but I think this is a whole new level for her. So, um, so there's that, um, so yeah, I think I had everybody back. Um, Therese, of course, is back. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think also. Um, so let me get to some of the surprises of some of the people that we were we we weren't sure if they were going to have back part of the cast, but they um they did very nicely at dropping this bomb as going through this concert. Um, so first was uh, John Cena which um i think there was a kind of a couple press releases where people were like okay why hasn't he been in the fast and furious franchise already which i kind of agree with that although he is this dude is like all over the place himself uh wwe world so maybe this just happened to line up at this time so um yeah so john cena's here he's playing a character named jacob i'll get more back in i'll get more into that later but yeah he's back justin lynn who um is the director he's back he's done about five of these his last one was um was uh fast and furious six so his that was his last time directing so he's picking it back up taking this i'm sorry excuse me taking this franchise to another level so he is back um so yeah we have that um also i want to just talk about the fact that the i don't know the promotion team that works with universal i don't know if this is vin diesel but the fact first of all the fact that they're dropping a trailer through a concert Next, the fact that they have the perfect time and always do this around the Super Bowl, I feel. Um, Because you know how much those commercials are running, how much it's going to cost to get that in there. So I just think that's perfect timing on their part. So um, that that was super exciting. Um, And just just very well planned. Just everything they do, I'm just amazed at how they pull it all together. Uh, Let me see. Scrolling down here in my notes, get a couple. Um, Also... um, um I I kind of they didn't mention this either but I was kind of curious to see where this is going to go in the future but the idea of Paul Walker um you know that was kind of um as I said you can kind of tell it was you know the audience was kind of was kind of hanging over the audience a little bit the cast talked about it a little bit but just the idea of are they going to integrate him more into this next series coming up and um speaking of which if I can pull it up Tyrese who um has talked several times about um uh, Paul Walker, the loss of Paul Walker, him envies Vin Diesel a lot. He did an Instagram post a couple of days ago. Um, let me find the full post uh, where he said, I'm just going to kind of read a little bit of his, of his post. Cause I thought it was real cool where he said, I can't lie. 
every fast release, we all feel a way about this overall franchise without our brother Paul. So I make sure I connect with Cody. Um, and by the way, um, Cody and Caleb Walker um, actually helped finish the um, Fast and um, Fast and or the Furious Seven movie to finish out the scenes that Paul Walker couldn't do. Um, you know, through the help of special effects as well. Um, but yeah, so this is just him talking about meeting up with um, Cody before and they kind of get encouragement and love um and um and he says uh he reminds me on um you know behalf to um always continue to rock this and to make him proud um also um along those lines metal walker paul walker's daughter was also at the concert so they they definitely just keep this very family oriented around the cast. But yeah, I just thought that was a cool Instagram post by Tyrese. And I am interested to see if they are going to, since um, Paul Walker, which I thought was a very interesting choice. And I'm a fan of it because I was a fan of the Brian O'Connor character. The fact that they did not decide to kill Brian off of the uh series I thought was a was a very smart and interesting choice and I want to see if Caleb and Cody now are going to have more of a role in finishing out this franchise um you know to honor their brother and um Cody looks so like if you check out this in this interest this uh post like it's it's crazy this the similar features he has to Paul so um it'll be very interesting to see what what comes of that um but yeah so let's get into now that I kind of gave you a little bit on the concert Let's get into, um, well, actually, first, I kind of want to walk you through this poster uh, for the franchise. Um, so before they went through, like, talking about the concert was coming out and everything, they dropped um, a little poster um, for the film. And they have, like, all all people lined up. Um, you know, you got Dom, you got Letty, you got Mia, uh, Jacob, which is John Cena's character, you got Taj, and you got Roman. And everybody's front of the car, you know, you got Dom in front of his, um, in front of their like signature cars, um, that, um, you know, they're, they, they always match what I think is cool about this franchise. They always match the car to the personality of the character. And, you know, um, you, you have to, you would be remiss if you didn't point out the fact that Dom is rocking, is rocking in front of a charger. He's had so many like just dope tricked out Dodge chargers throughout this franchise, um, the um I believe they call it the ice charger he had in the past one where he was just like um the one where he turned it sideways and had a heat sensor kind of follow him into hitting the submarine that just totally shattered like I was hooping and hollering because it totally shattered Cypher's plan which was amazing because Cypher is the worst um but anyway that was I thought that was real dope but they just do like a tricked out charger for him like every franchise which is dope so yeah they had that on there but what caught my eye about the poster that I don't know if you guys noticed is uh Michelle Rodriguez character Letty is in front of a motorcycle and I was just like okay so we've only seen her we've only we saw her on a motorcycle in the last in Fate of the Furious um because she was she was helping out when Dom was racing um you know as you do you can't you got to open up Fast and Furious with the with the epic uh car race as you do um and she was just holding she was on a motorcycle with her with uh, Dom's cousin like holding back traffic or whatever that's all we see but now it looks like they're turning her into a serious like motorcycle rider like she is turning up she is just like you know done with the four wheels so you know we're gonna see how this goes 
but I don't know. I thought that was a little interesting. I feel like they give you like little subtle clues without actually telling you stuff since the cars are so personalized. So we'll see. We'll see what that goes with. Um, but yeah, I just want to kind of talk about um, you can definitely see that. Um, like I said, Fast Saga is branding, hashtag branding everything, the Fast Saga. So if you guys want to go and check out the poster, see what it looks like. Um, but okay, so let's get into my two cents venting um, about this fan. This trailer, guys, is phenomenal, phenomenal. Like, go when you get a chance. If you want to listen to this first, look at it. If you want to pull it up now on YouTube. I hope they dropped it already. It's a couple hours since I recorded so I hope they dropped it for you. But that trailer is phenomenal. Like, it was worth sitting through uh, the concert, waiting for it, um, but waiting for it all week. Uh, well, actually longer than that, because we've been wanting to know what they have planned for this franchise. But, okay, so we open up the trailer. Trying to trying to paint the picture for me, because I'm giving you this as raw, me just right off seeing it. Um, haven't checked it out for a second time, which I really want to do. But we open up with, if you remember in Fate of the Furious, Dom found out one of his main driving forces of the film, excuse me, one of his main driving forces of the film was that he had a... Um, a son and so we open up with dom working on a none other than a tractor mr dodge charger uh quarter mile at a time lifestyle is working on a tractor which i just gives him this whole new domestic level which i i think um is is pretty cute um and you have a son there his son is sitting beside him which they have named which so adorably um um brian or you'll hear lady call him little brian and so he's he, you have Dom and little Brian working on a tractor. Little Brian's like head and Dom tools. Such a cute father son moment. Like if Dom has a Dom has a, a son, this is what you imagine happening. So 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 well uh, done and so cute. Um, then you go from that scene to like a bedroom scene, which is also just has so many feels in it as well because you see Letty give um, little Brian and her necklace and this necklace has been used. The necklace that she gives him has been used throughout several films in the franchise has so much meaning. Um, it's basically what's giving to, to Dom from Letty to protect her always is also a huge similar to their love because they use it during they, um, we all, everybody got the surprise um, in, um, in furious seven that they were married. So, that was, you know, instead of them, because there's nothing traditional about this couple. If you're a fan of the the franchise, you already know this. So instead of rings, they have this necklace, and this necklace has just been, it's in so many different scenarios. Is to me is what it seemed like, and to me would be like an iconic, uh, iconic jewelry piece for this franchise when everything is all said and done. Um, but yeah, I wonder if any of, I wonder if they, I'm actually curious to see if they'll get to like keep any of that if they're done with the franchise or anything. But yeah, it's very signature piece. But anyway, she takes the necklace off, puts it on little Brian and says, this will keep you safe from what's to come. Dun, dun, dun. We go to black and you like, oh, God, what does that mean? What is about to go down? Because nothing in, nothing is subtle. You don't keep it subtle in this franchise. So get ready to be at the edge of your seat. So we get into all these little fight, hand-to-hand combat situations. She, John Cena on the scene. You see Cypher, or Cypher, sorry. Uh, play by Charlie Theron. Cipher got this crazy, like slick bob. I don't know what what is. She, I don't know what's going on in her life. She she just she already turned up and faded the furious. So I'm just scared to know what she's doing now. That she done cut her hair and everything, and just like and you know, always talking in like them little weird stories, riddle things. Like people got time for that. So she was just like going on, and and I, to be honest, I'm not even focused on it because we just know already that she's about to do some crazy stuff. Um. 
what I'm focused on is, okay, you have the, you have the fight seeds going on and everything. You're thinking, okay, John Cena just one of her little cronies. Um, you know, she bringing in somebody else that got the muscles, you know, look like he can work a gun, can drive or whatever. But then they dropped the bomb. John Cena, AKA Jacob is Dom's brother. Because they they have this franchise has this long running theme that Dom is never gonna be able to escape his past. You know, there's always gonna be some demons, something in his because because of the way he lives his life, that always gonna come back and haunt him. When he thinks everything is calm and he could just do his thing, live his life, something's coming up. So apparently he has his long lost brother. Uh, that's all the deets we get. It's the brother. He can he got like the hand to hand combat like Dom. They jumping on buildings. They driving cars like crazy. They even they even have their same stunt thing down together. Like they have this scene where they're chasing John Cena, like the whole crew, Dominic and his crew are all chasing, or Dominic's crew are all chasing um John Jacob's character or John Cena um uh who plays Jacob in this film. And um Jacob takes his car over a cliff. And you're thinking, okay, did this dude just really just dive off a cliff? He going into the water enter cypher in some kind of new age aircraft whatever you want to call this thing um some doped up airplane i don't know she comes over to she swoops over the top grabs grabs the car out of the air pulls it up keeps it moving the timing and precision like i don't know you have to jump at the right altitude like i don't even know right now i'm just on the edge of my seat like what is happening but what keeps you in this moment keeps you going um you have dom and letty which you don't always get to see them in the same car and i thought that was dope they're in the same car racing behind because you know they're all usually they're always like in the lead car going right behind um everybody's following them up but dom decides okay he went over the cliff oh of course of course dom has to go up the cliff letty usually is like ride or die right there she gangster ready for it but she's like um you see there's no bridge like there's no bridge where you going where where are we going he takes off the cliff. Tell me why the bridge, this broken down bridge, there's a rope that latches on to the front of one of the front tires and is able to grab on enough to swing this car over to uh, over to the other mountain, over to the other cliff. And your mouth is already open like, what? Like, not only, you know, so them taking a smart car, jumping it through three buildings in one movie jumping out of a plane and some cars in another movie now we got ropes pulling cars to brick to other mountains and cliffs i love it but i'm also like what but you know that's just what this franchise does so we 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 have that um you get a couple more like then after that it's just boom 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 you know how this franchise does it back-to-back action um you got letty looks like she might have flew off the motorcycle dom has the catcher on the top of um on the top of his car, you got a scene where it looks like Dom is um is getting ganged up on by a bunch of guys and Letty is screaming for him. Um, so you got that gripping at your heart, like, Lord, what is gonna happen? We need them all to make it to to Fast and Furious 10, so don't do this to me. Um, so yeah, you got all this combat going. Um, you got this this kick butt scene by the females. Cause uh, you know, I love how this franchise is all about female empowerment um diversity is a huge thing and they can do it so classy where it's like like not like that to me it doesn't feel like they're doing it they're doing it to make it seem intentional because these these people are just such good actors and um so embody these roles that i don't think people i don't know if people necessarily always pick that out about the franchise 
but yeah so um we have uh in this scene we have michelle we have jordan aka um mia and letty are whooping butt like i don't think i've ever seen mia even look like she's barely gonna raise a fist at somebody and she's like punching people i think ramsey might have been in here um as well but it was just moving so quick and they was just throwing like guys was going left and right so i just love i'm looking forward to seeing what's up with that scene um so we have that going down um but here here is where it gets like i'm up yelling at the screen like somebody can hear me losing my mind out of control i i was so losing it out of control that i don't know how it appeared i don't know if it just blooped he was there i don't know if he came out from behind a door but hans is back and if you are ride or die for this franchise hans was supposed to be gone he he was um if i can i'm gonna try to break it down real quick because it's a whole it's a lot of history with hans um but the fact that they literally it feels like they just brought him back from the dead but back from the dead and i'm so with it because this franchise is just they earn it and they just i just feel like they 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 paint the way for you to just really miss like a part of he was a part of the family of this of the family and when he went out you know after losing giselle who was played by the fantastic uh gail gadot um uh when he lost Giselle he was just down here from there you didn't hear from Hans you know what was going on so yeah he was supposed to be gone so to bring him back was epic but so to give you a little bit of his backstory Hans was in um his last major thing to me was being part of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift with everybody has a huge um I guess issue is the right word to say it's not really the best people see as the best movie of the franchise I didn't think it was too bad I think they were trying to do something different early they didn't have the main leads in it people were like no you did too much I'm not feeling it um I just thought it was a cool idea to have uh like the idea of cars drifting because I just feel like this franchise just comes up a ways like I just put my car, I just put it out of park and drive it. You know what I mean? Like, but they just come up with different ways that you could do different stuff with a car, which I think is uh, amazing. Um, so yeah, we have, um, we have let, we have, um, Hans and, and, and Tokyo Drift at the way they decided to tie, to tie, uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift back to the movies was to have Hans get killed by, um, Shaw Jason Statham's character um as a way to kind of bridge the two movies together like because basically you know if you go after somebody in Dom's crew he's coming back for revenge so that was how they ended up tying all the movies together so Hans was dead they open up Furious 7 with a funeral everybody is feeling hopeless like okay we got this guy coming after us what do we do you know like how do we stop this character this this villain and so Hans was just said to be gone. So the fact that they opened up this fat this F9 trailer with him in such a mysterious way, like you literally thought the trailer was over and it was just like boom, he's back. And um they are now riding with this um this mantra, justice is coming. So there's just so many avenues they can take. We want to figure out what that means, you know, even though um uh Dwayne Johnson and uh Jason Statham now have had so much sex they have like the Hobbs and Shaw thing going but I'm wondering I'm like do we get a little bit of Jason because we need to figure out like how is Hans back you know do we get that little kind of fill in blank so I don't know it's a lot of questions 
I probably need to take a little bit more time to process this, but I wanted to get it out, kind of give you guys my little vent session, my excitement. So excited. Can't wait. I need to go. By the way, um, tickets are now available in the U.S. Um, if you are, if you want to go ahead and get your, your pre-sale tickets and everything, I know I'm about to get mine. Um, so yeah, I'm just super excited to see where this goes. Um, hopefully I can bring, I'm hoping to bring you guys more updates as hopefully they'll release some more stuff. Give us some more little tidbits. Um, I did also, oh, before we end, speaking of tidbits, I did find out that Natalie Emmanuel playing Ramsey, this will be her first time behind the wheel since she's been a part of this franchise. Like, actually driving the car instead of them trying to, like, you know, one movie they were throwing her for car, from car to car because she was trying to protect some tech, um, and she was the only one that knew how to operate it. So, usually, she is, like... She, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say the damsel in distress, but she's usually the one that they're like carrying her from thing to thing. So to be able to see her kind of amp up her um, roles um, and, be, and get to drive the cars and be a, like truly a part of the crew is going to be dope. Uh, so, yeah, that's a little tip. That's something else they dropped um, during the concert that I thought was cool. But yeah, I, I cannot wait there. You know, there there's always that they always promise about this is taking a franchise to another level you can't beat it so i'm always on the edge of my seat because i know they're gonna do something that's gonna have me just like shocked beyond belief if the trailer didn't do it and you because you know there's always something they're hiding and they're never going to give you every little tidbit which i i love and i'm also like tortured by like man is everybody gonna make it to fast and furious 10 so crossing my fingers um please let me know at november bear um on twitter what you guys think what you're looking forward to seeing um you know, just, just, just your, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite of this franchise? Like, we're talking about 20 years. Like, what's your favorite Fast and Furious movie? Mine would be, like, um, like, five, like, five and down. Because I feel like that's really where they amped up. And they were like, we did not come to play with y'all. Like, cars were flipping. Um, you know, character stories to me. Character arcs got better. So, um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what they do. But yeah, just just let me know that. Let me know what you think about the Hans reveal. Like that's crazy. Um, if you get to check out any um if you keep a lock on their um the um uh, uh the fast saga for their Twitter, their Facebook, you probably get to see some of the clips from the concert. Uh so yeah, just let me, you know, keep me posted, let me know. Um and um yeah, so I'm going to talk to you guys later. And um, to uh, to all the uh, the uh, Fast and Furious uh, ch- uh, franchise fans out there, I'm with you. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see what they're gonna do. And uh, bye, guys. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.